Welcome to the Pascal Way Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered with knowledge that will cause you to rise up and become who God wants you to be. Today's message is, I walk by faith and not by sight. Only believe. Fear not. Only believe. Unlocking the unlimited possibilities of faith. Mark chapter 5. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Only believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe. I feel like telling somebody this morning, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to continue in our series this morning. This is Pastor Pascal. We will be going a step further on the series, Only Believe. And I want to start this morning by addressing something the Lord showed me. In that piece of scripture I just read for you. Mark 5, 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word. If you remember last week, we're going through that entire story. And Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus. When he was intercepted by a woman with the issue of blood, 12 years And that took a bit of his time. So when he now set out to go to Jairus' house, people came from the house and they told Jairus, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher any further? Then the Bible says, as soon as Jesus heard those words, your daughter is dead. When he heard, other version says he, he overheard those words. The Bible says, as soon as Jesus heard those words, he spoke to Jairus and said to him, do not be afraid. Only believe. Now, the question is, why did Jesus quickly warn Jairus, don't be afraid? Because the Bible says, as soon as, as soon as, so it, he did it quickly. He didn't hear it and then spoke after 30 minutes. As soon as he heard that report from those guys, he immediately turned to Jairus and said to Jairus, do not be afraid. I want to start by first helping you understand why Jesus quickly reacted to that. You see, the reason why Jesus quickly told Jairus, do not be afraid, it's because fear creates an atmosphere. 
and it creates an atmosphere that becomes conducive for demons and evil spirits to start operating. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy, I think chapter 1 verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. Whenever fear is given expression, certain spirits start operating. A certain atmosphere gets created that allows them to enter whatever the circumstances were and they can start doing what they want to do. Are you listening to me? So the reason why Jesus quickly told Jairus, don't be afraid because your little faith you had set already in motion a certain atmosphere. And there's a build-up taking place towards a certain climax. And that build-up can be quenched. Like I showed you last week with the story of Peter, who had a build-up of faith and he started walking on water. But as soon as fear came, that build-up was quenched and the whole thing changed. Other spirits were released and the whole thing that was taking place changed immediately. And the man that was walking on water experiencing a miracle before he could reach Jesus, which was like the, 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 obtaining the promise that he was, you know, because they say, tell me to come to you. So it was not, it was not tell me to walk on water. It was tell me to come to you. So the main purpose of Peter walking on water was to reach Jesus. But before Peter could reach Jesus, storms came and fear entered him, and at the moment fear entered him, he started sinking. Do not be afraid. Please understand this morning, fear is not just like, you know, when we say an emotion or even just a spirit. No, it's, the thing is, it creates, fear is an atmosphere. And that atmosphere, you see, it's, how can I explain this to you? You need to understand, things flourish based on the atmosphere that is there. It takes a certain atmosphere for you to have apples. It takes a certain atmosphere for you to have oranges. You need to be a certain climate, a certain environment allows for certain manifestations. That if you don't have that atmosphere, you cannot have that type of a result. Faith creates an atmosphere. When you have an atmosphere of faith, you release angels. Angels are released in that atmosphere and you start having certain type of results based on the atmosphere that you have created. And when you have an atmosphere of fear, you release demon spirits. They too come and they start operating in a certain way. Please help me tell the person next to you, do not be afraid. It is interesting over and over again, before God could do anything, before angels could say what they came to say, before God could speak what he came to speak, he will always first start by saying, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. If you allow fear, I will not be able to do what I came to do. I cannot function in an atmosphere of fear. Mary told, Mary was told by the angel, do not be afraid. Zachariah was told by the angel, do not be afraid. All these people, the moment the angel came, the fear came, and the angel had first to say, don't be afraid. Because if you fear, if you fear, I can't stay. If you fear, I cannot stay. I cannot do what I came to do. Because I can't function in that atmosphere. I can't operate what God sent me to operate if you are afraid. It's not just that you are feeling scared. No, no, no. It's that you're creating an atmosphere that cannot allow me to stay here. Five signs that you are under a fear atmosphere. How do you know that the atmosphere you have created is actually a fearful atmosphere and that is that even though you're trusting God for something, that thing might not take place because you are, you are operating under another atmosphere. The first time you start speaking negativity and defeat. When you start speaking negativity and defeat, you might not be aware of it, but you have already started operating under an atmosphere of fear. You start speaking negativity. How do you know my atmosphere has changed? Your words change. Your words change. Your, because you might, you see, you don't see that, that atmosphere. You don't see it. But there are signs that show you you have entered it. One of those signs, your words. Your words change. And instead of speaking victory, and instead of speaking positivity, you start speaking negativity and defeat. Numbers 13, 30 to 33. Then Caleb quiet the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb says we are well able. We can do this job. Hallelujah. This is a man under a a faith atmosphere. He believes we can do this thing. And it's, it's the, the words are showing what, what atmosphere he is under. We can do it. He said, let us go. He's ready for action. Hallelujah. The Bible says, but the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report about the land which they had spied out. Saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch, 
who come from the giants and, and we were like grasshoppers in our own side and so were we in their side. Brothers and sisters, 12 men who went through the same country, saw the same people, went in the same places. I mean, everything was the same for the 12 men. Ten of them returned under a different atmosphere. And two had another atmosphere. Ten said we can't do it. Two are saying we can do it. You can be in the same house and live in a totally different atmosphere. You can be in the same church and be under a totally different atmosphere. You can be in the same classroom and be under a totally different atmosphere. You can be under the same manager and be under a different atmosphere. Don't accept the flow that is there just because you are in. No, you can be in the thing but operating under a different atmosphere. Are you listening to me? Don't, don't just say, ah, no, everybody is sad. Everybody is feeling. Are you everybody? Here are 10 people saying we cannot go and two saying we can go. And guess what? They went and they took over the land. Those that say we cannot, it, it happened just the way they said. They didn't go. It is always done according to what you believe. Always done according to what you believe. Remember in this journey we are embarking on together, people of God. We don't speak defeat. We speak the word of God. We speak the word of God. We say things like, I can do all things through Christ. Not through my own strength. You see, that's your problem. Your problem is that you are looking at your little strength and you are saying, I cannot do this thing. That's what happened to this guy. We are grasshoppers in our own eyes. In our own eyes. Your eyes are not the eyes of God. Your ways are not the ways of God. Something might be impossible to you, but it doesn't mean it is impossible to God. I remember years ago, God told me, just because you know doesn't mean I don't know. Just because you don't know. Or, I mean, he, meant, he told me, just because you don't know doesn't mean I don't know. Because I kept being confused at things I didn't know. And I felt my journey ended there because I don't know. And God told me, just because you don't know doesn't mean I don't know. Why are you, why are you placing your whole life on your little experience? You are too small to know what is going on around. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So why are you limiting the whole realm to your ways and to your thoughts? No. This is what killed these 10 guys. They looked at their ability as to compare. I mean, you know, don't take this thing lightly. Listen to me. The sons of Anak are not anywhere your size. Some of them could easily be twice your size. 
So don't be too quick to judge these guys. Because when you see the sons of Anak, you quickly understand that this is not a small matter. But the problem is, when you see the sons of Anak, and you look at yourself, you will be intimidated. But when you see the sons of Anak, and you look at your God, you will not be intimidated because you realize the sons of Anak are nothing. The challenge is, if you look at your capacity, I can do all things through Christ. If you look at the money in your bank account right now, no, you have every reason to believe that your journey has ended. But the money in your account is not the only money on earth. The money in your account is not the only money on your account. It's what is currently visible. There's always something visible and something invisible. The second sign that you are under a fear atmosphere, you start expecting bad things to happen. I'm helping you understand whether which atmosphere you are currently operating or which atmosphere you usually operate under. So you are speaking negativity. Ah uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. I, no, you are, you are speaking negativity. And you are speaking against the word of God. Remember, people of God, our words are powerful. The Bible says you shall have whatever you say. Be careful what you say. When we talk about faith, understand that faith works with words. Don't miss next Sunday because from next week I'm going to start actually teaching on faith now. Now I'm just, I'm just helping you understand where we are going at this stage. I haven't started the subject itself. You start expecting bad things to happen. It's interesting that people will wake up in the morning, dress well, and it looks like, you know, they are ready for something good. But all their thoughts, everything about them, do you understand, is negativity. Job 3.25 What are always feared has happened to me. What I always... So this was the meditation of Job. Day and night. I fear that one day I will hear my children are dead. I fear that one day I will hear the business has collapsed. I fear that one day I will hear... See, what I always feared... Has happened to me. What I dreaded had come true. Expecting bad things. Expecting that that thing will not work. What I always, always feared. Always means it's an atmosphere you have created. You are operating under that atmosphere. No matter how you are showing off outside, that's not what matters. You see, it's what you are inside that matters. And if inside you have a wrong expectation, brother, 
I came by God's grace this morning. Sister, I came to help you change that atmosphere in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 112, verse 7, they will have no fear of bad news. They will have no fear of bad, not they will not have bad news. They will not even have the fear of the bad news. Because the bad news itself carries fear with it. They will have no fear. Please, in the name of Jesus, I deliver you from every fear of bad news in the name of Jesus. That the report will come and it is cancer. In the name of Jesus, that shall never be a portion. They will have no fear. No fear of bad news. You see, when you are expecting that, you will have cancer. It affects your projects. It affects what you want to do next. If the report is going to come saying that there is cancer, I hope you realize that your whole life will have to shift. So when you are expecting cancer, your whole life is already shifting. You are already, you are no more expecting to, you are no more feeling like you should do this, do this, do this, do this. Like your ability to even fight, your ability to go chase, is, is, everything is reduced because you know this thing is coming. You know this thing is coming and, and, and you know, and I, mean, I shouldn't expect, I shouldn't push more anymore. I should just, you know, you start holding back. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. They will say with me, I have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. That is your key. You put your trust in the Lord. You put your faith in the Lord. You put your hope in the Lord. And because God is in charge of everything, you stop being afraid of bad news. Because if your trust is in the Lord, God cannot send bad news to you. God cannot send I see God sending good. You see, the gospel is a good news. How come you are in something called the gospel and you are expecting bad news? Good news is your portion in the name of Jesus. Number three. You start running away instead of fighting. That is a sign you are under a fear atmosphere. You start running away instead of fighting. You start doing what? Running away instead of Fight. There are different types of animals in the wild. Some never retreat. If they ever retreat, they don't retreat without a fight. But there are some animals, they've never fought one fight. The moment they see a sign, Okay, let me not say they even see. They just hear. Or they just see others running. Like, they don't even think twice about it. That it could even be that these guys are playing. Like, they're just having a good fun. 
the moment they see that move, I'm talking about guys like antelopes. Have you, have you ever seen antelopes standing their ground? That I'm not fighting. I'm, going, I'm, not, I'm not running away. I'm fighting. Antelopes. From the moment they hear the signal, they are on the run. They are on the run. They are on the run. And there are a lot of a number of animals like that. They are governed by fear. They eat, they are afraid. Everything. Their entire world. They carry a fear atmosphere. Everywhere they go. Always running. I mean, have you ever found antelopes facing lions? I've seen buffaloes facing lions and chasing them away. I've seen all kinds of animals. Antelopes. They run. They are. Even when long time the lion has given up following them, they are running. The, the lion is tired. The lion has stopped kilometers away. They say, no, 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 no. I don't trust. I don't trust. You can appear from anywhere just now. Ask your neighbor, are you a runaway? You never, you never fight. You never push. You never oppose. You just run away. You just run away. You just run away. The first sign, hey, you are under the bed. You are under the bed. You are under the bed. Now, I want to tell you something this morning. Many people are runaways. As a matter of fact, wherever you are watching this morning, if there are ten of you watching, at least nine are runaways. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm telling you this based on biblical statistics. That runaways are always more than fighters in any field. As you are watching this morning, I don't know how you are feeling about yourself, but based on scriptural statistics, if there are ten people somewhere, nine or at least eight are runaways. Judges chapter seven, verse twenty, verse two to three. The Lord said to Gideon. You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Magianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave the mountain and go home. So, 22,000 22,000 of them, 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. So the whole army was made of 32,000 people. 
When Gideon says, whoever is afraid, go home. 22, 30. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. You say, people can be with you, yet they are afraid. Somebody could be trying to marry you, but they are afraid of you. They are marrying you, but they are afraid. Because these guys went to war. Nobody forced them. They took their own weapons. They were going to war, yet they were full of fear. They were full of fear. Hmm? 22,000 atmosphere of fear roaming around in the camp. What can you do with this type of people? How far can you go? 22 fearful people. 22,000. Hmm? I mean, this was a defeat already. Already. So I'm trying to help you understand. This runaways. Don't be quick to say, I'm me. I, I, my thousand. I believe by the end of this series, you will become a Matazan. You will become one. You will become one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Son number four. They start avoiding the subject. They start avoiding the subject. Especially when it is that subject. They avoid it. They avoid the subject. An atmosphere of fear. A person under an atmosphere of fear avoids the subject. See, before we talk about faith, Jesus told Jairus, do not be afraid. See, I can't I can't, I can't take you in this journey if you are afraid. One of the first things that destroys faith is fear. So I'm just trying to show you how it manifests itself. And how it could be that as we are talking about faith here, maybe on your side it's still an atmosphere of fear. So anything I'm going to teach about faith might not find might not find a place because fear is ruling. Fear is ruling on all areas, and you don't even know it. You don't even know that above your head, the atmosphere above your head, the cloud above your head is a fear cloud. It's a fear cloud. Second Kings chapter four, verse eleven to sixteen. And it happened one day that he, Elisha, came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. Listen carefully. She stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. 
What can I do for you? Those of you that always take for granted opportunities to serve a man of God, you are missing out too much. You are missing out too much. This Shunamar woman opened her home to a man of God. Without any major expectation. But because no man can outgive God. She thought she was just making a room for the man of God, not knowing she was making a room for herself. And a day came after the man of God has rested in the room because she built the room. You must go and read the whole story. She made a room just for him with a table and a chair and a bed. After he rested one day, he says to his seven guests, you know, call that woman. Call the woman. And you've helped us so much. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king? Say, Elisha is connected. Elisha is connected. Look, I can speak on your behalf to the king. Maybe you've got a dispute of a land somewhere around. Somebody is trying to dupe you. I can just speak to the king and the whole thing will be solved. Or to the commander of the army. Wow, Elijah is really connected. You see, he wants to help her, but he doesn't know what she wants. Many people want to help her, but they're not sure what they should do. So sometimes they think, should I type a CV? Should I tell the boss about you? What, what should I do? Not only did he offer to help her, he gave her options. Things that he could do for her. Listen to the answer of the woman. She said, I dwell among my own people. I dwell among my own people. What does that mean in your English? Ah, I'm good. Ah, no, no, Keshap, Keshap. Ah, I'm rooted. Keshab, Keshab. Ah, I'm sorted. I'm sorted. There's no problem. Ah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. Ah, no, Muruti. Just enjoy. Just enjoy the room. I mean, God, God has blessed me. I'm, I dwell among my own people. I'm covered. I'm sorted. Hmm? So Elisha said, What then can be done for her? Because after she says, I dwell among my own people, she leaves. She's gone. And I think if Elijah was like the man of God of today that are lazy, he said, Oh, praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Then he goes to sleep. But Elisha knew something is not right. So he asks Gehazi, what can we do? This woman is like, I've given her options, but she still is like, she's okay. But what can we do for this woman? And Gehazi answered, actually. 
Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. This is a serious problem that this woman has. And she is not making mention of it. She is married to a Madala. And she doesn't have a Shiman. That when the man of God asks her, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Ah, Muruti, Keshav, Keshav. And I'm sorted, Muruti. Everything is under control. There's no problem. Meanwhile, there's Madala waiting there and she's about to go back to Madala and she hates it. Madala is sleeping the whole day and the whole night. What a shock! Actually, she has no child. And her husband is a Madara. Her husband is a Ramwan. So he said, Call her. Now they are calling her for the second time. The man of God called her the first time. She stood before the man of God. And she says, Ah, sharp. Now that the man of God has more information, he said, Call her again. Then they call her. Listen, she stood at the doorway now. So you see that now, I just what does this man want? First time she's standing right next to him. When the call again, ah, she's standing far. And that's how many of us behave. You are right in the presence of the person God has sent to help you. But you are socially distancing yourself. You are taking your position. You are giving attitude. You are giving attitude to the person God sent to help you. You are speaking lies. And you are standing away like you are, you are, you do, you, you, like, it's like, it's like, it's like the man of God is bothering you. It's like this conversation, it's like this conversation is irrelevant. This, this is, this is not needed. She's standing by the doorway. She's standing by the doorway. Then he said, because this time he doesn't even ask her a question anymore. He said to her, about this time, next year, you will embrace a son. And she said, no. No, my Lord. Man of God. Man of, tell your neighbor, man of God. Man of God. Man of God, what? Man of God, do not lie to your mate seven. So you now see, this was the issue. But she didn't want to talk about it. Now that the man of God mentions it, 
She feels the man of God is playing with her. Man of God, don't raise my hopes, please. I have learned to live in this situation. I have accepted that I will never have a child. I have made it okay. It's fine if I don't have one. It's fine if my husband is a madala. It's okay. Please don't come and raise my hope again. I've worked too hard to be the way I am now. I've worked too hard to accept this condition. I've worked very hard to build myself to making the issue to not be an issue anymore. You are opening a wound that I'm trying to close, man of God. You are opening a wound that is very, 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 very deep. Man of God, this wound is very painful. And I didn't want to go that way. And that's exactly where you went, man of God. When people live in fear, they avoid the issue. What you avoid, you can never address. What you avoid, you can never acquire. So you have to understand, at some stage, you must address it. You must address it. Number five. How do I know I'm under a fear atmosphere? You start sinking. Matthew 14, 30. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Listen to me. Sinking is different than standing. I'm not saying that fear made you to stop making, because this guy was walking, he was making progress, was walking on water. But all of a sudden, he's sinking now. We don't, the Bible doesn't say he stood. He's sinking. There's a difference. I'm not saying you are not making progress. I'm saying you are disappearing. Sinking means you are disappearing. Like, it's not like, because when you are standing, we can still see you. Even if you are not making progress, we can see you. But when you are sinking, you are disappearing. And that is what fear wants to do to you. Fear wants to cause all your hard work to disappear. All your investment to disappear. All your hopes to disappear. Everything must disappear. I came to announce to you, you will reappear in the name of Jesus. Fear will make you sink, but faith will make you sing. You will sing a song. Isaiah 54 verse 1, sing, oh barren woman. Fear is trying to make you sink, but faith is making you sing. Sing, oh barren woman. How can you be barren without a child and you are singing? It's faith. It's faith. Sing, you who never bore a child. Break forth in singing. Cry aloud, you who have never been in labor with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. 
faith will place a song in your mouth. I said faith will place a song in your mouth. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there no head in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will sing in the God of my salvation, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me to walk on my high heels. You see, I think this is where these people got the, you know, that those shoes of women called high heels. They got that from this scripture. He said, he made me walk on my high heels. I see you walking on your high heels. I see you walking on your high heels. In the name of Jesus. Today's message I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and not by tell your neighbor, I walk by faith and not by sight. And by the way, you are walking by faith on your high heels. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. For we walk by faith. And not by sight. We walk by faith. And not by sight. Sight connotes the senses. What you see. What you hear. What you feel. What you smell. What you taste. That sight, senses. And many of us, you walk by senses. Smith Wigglesworth, the man of God, who raised I think about 11 people from the dead, he said, I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am only moved by what I believe. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am only moved by what I believe. We walk by faith and not by the senses. What you see will make you sink. And that is what you saw with Peter. When he saw the waves, he started sinking. What you hear will make you hurt. You see, when these people came and told Jarius, your daughter is dead. He heard it, and that hurt him. It hurt his feelings. It hurt his hopes. It brought discouragement. What you hear will hurt you. What you see will sink you. Walking by faith is rising above the five senses. 
Doing what? Rising above the five senses. Walking by faith is not ignoring the facts. It's simply rising above them. We are not ignoring the facts that there are waves. Jesus is not saying, ah, please, get out of here. Say, don't be afraid. I know you heard something, but don't be afraid of it. We are not ignoring the facts, but we are rising above the fact because the fact is not the, the last realm of possibilities and realities. The fa- facts are just a, re- a realm. It's a, it's a certain realm. But there are higher realms than the realm of facts. The realm above fact is called truth. Yes, sir. And when you stare at the realm of the facts, you will even make sense out of you. You say, ah, the doctor said this, this and this. And, and you know, you are, you are working with the fact. But the fact is not the last word. The last word or the last reality is truth. So faith moves you from facts to truth. And when you enter the realm of truth, the realm of truth superimposes itself over the realm of facts. So no matter what the facts are, the facts are there are giants in the land. The facts are the land is difficult. The facts are the cities in the land are very, very fortified. You can't enter. Those are the facts. We are not saying they are not there. But the truth is, God sent us in that land. And the truth is, God said we are possessing that land. And that truth is going to superimpose itself over all the facts that are there in the land. The fact is not the end. It's just a dimension. And unfortunately, people who walk by sight will stay with the facts. But people who walk by faith will rise above the facts and they will bring the truth of the word over the facts. And the truth of the word will make the facts become nothing. I can tell you thousands of stories of how people rose beyond the facts, rose above the facts. And superimpose the will of God over the facts. For the time I have, let me tell you about Abraham. Romans 4, 19 to 20. And not being weak in faith. Abraham did not consider his own body. Already dead. That's a fact. The fact is, your body is dead. In pure English, he became impotent. He is no more functioning properly. That's a fact. You are no more 30 years old. You are now 100, you are now 90 years old. I mean, just by, by, just by looking at the facts, your body has changed. A lot of things have changed. But the Bible says, Abraham refused to consider that fact. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deafness of Sarah's womb. So he himself is almost finished and the womb of the wife is finished. The Bible says the deafness. Death means not, no life can come. Death means there's no life. The deafness of his Sarah's womb. 
Abraham saw those facts. He is old. The body is worn out. Sarah is old. Her womb is dead. Those are facts. But Abraham did not, con- I want you to understand that way, he did not consider. The moment you consider, it means you have considered. If I'm speaking English at ABC this morning, to consider means you considered. Or, but if he considered it, it means he has considered. Consider, is it considered? Is it to, to concede? Huh? Am I speaking the right English? Yeah. When you hear that somebody has considered, it has given up. So he considered, but he did not concede. In fact, he did not even consider. Because to consider means to concede. My God. He did not waver at the promise of God. What is the promise of God? You, your wife, your wife will give you a son. And you will have an entire nation from that son. That's the promise God gave this guy. And as God gave this guy the promise, the womb of the wife is dead. His own body is dead. But he says, I don't consider my body. I don't consider that womb. I consider what God said. God said, I will have a child. And that's what I'm... I'm standing on what God said. I'm standing on what God said. I walk by faith and not by sight. Based on sight... Based on what I see, everything is against me. But I thank God, what I see is not all there is. There's something higher than what I see. There's another realm beyond this realm. And you access that realm through something we call faith. My God. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith. He rather became stronger. Like, you see, I think Abraham said, you know what? The harder this thing is going to be, the greater the testimony. Like, let's comp- You see, that's the same thing Elijah did with God. Elijah took the sacrifice, cut it in pieces, put it on the altar. Then he made the whole place to be like a pool. Then he took water. Pour. I mean, Elijah, is it not enough that you are already putting an animal on the thing that I must send fire to burn the thing? But now you are adding water. Water doesn't work with fire. If you want me to burn the sacrifice, just put the sacrifice there and let me burn the sacrifice. But Elijah said, you know what? I'm going to show you who God is. I will put the sacrifice and then I'm going to pour water and you will see what God will do. The Bible says the fire came from heaven, licked the water and burned the sacrifice to the bones. So Abraham is feeling, look, the, the deader, the, if there is also a word, the deader, 
the danger this womb. The, as, as more as it's, as it's becoming more and more complicated, that is how you will see the glory of God. As when it becomes so complex and it looks like it cannot happen, that is, you are just exciting God. Sometimes you see God says, "Can't you make it a little bit harder?" It's too simple. It's too simple. It's too simple. Let, let's complicate it a little bit. Oh, Jesus, the one you love is dead. That, no, the one you love is sick. Say, no, 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 that's so easy. I've healed a lot of people. If I go and heal him, they will say, ah, what is there? He's been healing people anyway. So God said, let's complicate it a little bit. Hey, Jesus, the one you love is dead. Still not complicated enough. Bury him. Hey, Jesus, the one you love is buried for one day. Oh, no, still okay. Let it go more. Your God. Your God. Sometimes he allows the thing to get a little bit complicated. So that you can see the glory of God. So that you can see that God is not a man. And I I know this because when Jesus stood in that tomb, he says, I didn't have to pray. I'm praying because of these people. Because they don't believe what I've been doing here. So because of them, show them that you are the one who sent me. So the whole time uh, Lazarus is getting spoiled in the tomb, it's not about Lazarus, it's about the people that are around that don't believe the miracles of Jesus. Many times God can see you don't believe him. You don't believe him yet. So he let the thing get a bit spoiled. So that the miracle can be greater. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by size. I see you becoming a man of faith. I see you becoming a woman of faith. You live above the realities of that are around you. A man of faith. A woman of faith. Sit down. Eight characteristics of people who walk by faith. Number one. They don't mind starting small. People who live by fear, people who live by sight, cannot start small. Because sight, the size matters to them a lot. The size matters a lot to them. They can't they can't get involved in something that is small. Because you see, they, they walk by sight. So when they look at the thing and it's small, they quickly feel, man, God is not here. This thing is not working. But people of faith, they don't mind starting small. Because they learn from scriptures, it is the small that becomes a strong nation. It is the small, it is the small that becomes a thousand. Luke 17 verse 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a master seed. 
Then in Mark 4.31, it is like a master seed which when it is sown on the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. When it is sown, when you start putting it to work, when you start getting in the work of faith, the work of faith is the small, like it's so small that you can easily think there's nothing there. When it is sown, it is the smallest. When it is sown, it is the smallest, the master seed. The master seed, the seed of faith. When it is sown, it is usually the smallest. But the man that believes God doesn't mind starting with that little seed. A man that believes himself will say, ah, what is this? No, 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 no. Bring me something real. Bring me something real. I don't want this. Jesus told us the kingdom of God is like the master seed. The smallest of all the seed. When a man sows it, it grows and becomes the biggest tree. But it takes faith to believe that this little seed will become a mighty tree tomorrow. It takes faith to believe that this little business I started right now will become a big corporation tomorrow. It takes faith to believe that this little fellowship I started today will become a mega church tomorrow. It takes faith. If you don't have faith, you will not believe and therefore you will not engage as a man of faith should engage. Many people have bought their dreams because they look too small in their eyes. They look too small. They look too small. They are forever asking God to send them a bigger dream. They are always saying, Lord, please, bless me. God I've been blessing you for the past 20 years. I send things to you, you despise them. My Bible says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Do not despise something when it's small. When you start that marriage, that marriage will look insignificant. It will look like there's nothing in it. It will look like there's nothing in it. You need to be a woman of faith, a man of faith, to see greatness inside that marriage. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you have to see it to believe it, you, we will miss it. You will miss it. You will miss it many times over. God will send people to you. And these people are equipped by God to help you. But they don't look like it when they come. They don't look like it. They don't look like They don't have any of the qualities you are looking for. Everything is embedded in them. You need to receive them by faith. And you need to apply faith in them. Start working the work of faith in them. Until what you sow start coming out. A man of faith doesn't mind starting small. A woman of faith. Doesn't mind starting small. These arrogant and proud people that walk by sight, everything is what they see, how it looks. They they have a problem with small things. They have a problem with small things. Small things did not dignify them. Small things make them feel very, very bad. They have a problem with a person that doesn't look yet the way they feel they should look. Please, tap into faith. Tap into faith. Because you can miss God so easily. When it is sown, it is the smallest. And you hate small. You despise small. 
and I see what God is doing with ABC today, I just say, my Lord, if you knew where we were when we started, if you knew what we looked like when we started, God is looking for a person who can believe that though there is nothing today, though it looks like there's nothing today, behave as if everything is there. Treat it as if it's the greatest thing you ever had. Give it your best because it is the best. It's just that you can't see it yet. And if you shift from the eyes of the sight to the eyes of faith, oh, you will see the greatness that God has given you. God told Abraham, your children will be like the sand on the seashore, like the stars in the heavens. Abraham couldn't believe it. I mean, how, I don't even have one. You are saying that I'm going to have. Didn't God do that today? Number two, people of faith don't rush the process. They don't rush the process. Hebrews 6 verse 12, the Bible says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith and patience. Don't rush the process. Okay, Lord, I believe that it must start small, but hey, it mustn't stay small. I, I, I want to say something now. I want to say something now. I mean, this thing must move. This thing must move. It's been a month. It's been, it's been three months already. I don't say, Lord, Lord, you don't even thank God for the little that is there. You've never thanked God for the few people that have come. You've never thanked God for the few customers you've had. You've never thanked God for the little your wife is doing. You've never thanked God for the little your husband is doing. You've never thanked God for what your child has brought. The little result, the little report he has brought. You've never thanked God for that little one. But you are feeling, no, 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 no. I want my trick now. I want my trick. They don't rush the process. Please stop rushing God. God, my best but is never late. Never, never late. Never late. The Bible says, he who is hasty to become rich has a wicked eye. Has an evil eye. You want things now. Or you are, you are trying to start small, but it must, it must move. It must move. No, no. Don't rush the process. You will end up with premature result. You will end up with premature babies, premature dreams, things that have come before the time and they now have to be in ICU from the day they arrive. They can't breathe. They can't eat. Like the breakthrough has come, but the breakthrough has come. It is it, as soon as the breakthrough arrives, it's in ICU. Number three, they take time to prepare. They take time to prepare. 
This is a characteristic of a man of faith. A man of faith takes time to prepare. A man of faith takes time to prepare. A woman of faith takes time to prepare. Don't tell me you believe that God is going to give you a husband and you are not preparing yourself. It is a proof you don't believe in the husband. You don't believe in it. If you really believe God is going to give you a husband, don't focus on the husband. Focus on the preparation. They take time to prepare. Don't tell me you are trusting God for a big ministry and you are not preparing for the big ministry. Your lack of preparation is a proof you don't believe in the big ministry. It's a proof. I will never forget the words of Dr. Mas Moreau of Blessed Memory. He said preparation is proof of faith. Preparation is a proof that you believe. Every time you know you're going to attend the wedding, you prepare because you believe you're going to attend the wedding. How come you believe that you're going to become successful but you're not preparing for the success? Do you see how deceived you are? Oh, no, I want to see it before I can believe. Are you Thomas? And will it not be too late that you start preparing when the promotion has arrived? You are preparing out of tune, brother. You are out of tune. It is your preparation that qualifies you for the promotion. Don't tell me that you are, you are trusting God for this, you are trusting God for that. But when I look at your daily explain, your, your daily engagements, they are so opposed to those things you are talking about. Oh, you know me, Pastor, I, 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 can, I, see, I see a move of God. I see a move of God and it's, I'm not going to be left behind in that move of God. You will be left behind, my brother. Except you put your acts together. God will not risk his move for your stupidity. He will not risk it. Second Chronicles chapter 27 verse 6. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord. Jotham became mighty because, the Bible tells you why, it was not because they had good looks. He prepared his ways before the Lord. James 2 verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have the deeds. Show me your faith with that deeds. I will show you my faith by what I do. Show me your faith with that actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. Preparation is simply towards prepared action. Prepared action. Preparation. Prepared action. Actions that is being prepared. It, a, a, a preparation through some actions. So that you can finally enter the promotion. Number four. I'm racing against time. People that are, that walk by faith, they take time to pray. They take time to pray. Prayer is proof of faith. Prayer is a proof you believe in a certain force that is not seeable in the naked eyes. And your lack of prayer is actually a lack of faith. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever will draw near to God must believe that he exists. Whoever will draw near, whoever will come, other version says, whoever will approach God. How do we approach God in prayer? How do we draw near to God in prayer? So forever, faith is revealed through prayer. If you remember the book of Luke 18, the first line, he told them a parable to show that men should always pray, never give up. But when he ended that parable, he says, when I come to the earth, will I find faith? Will I find faith? That tells you and I that faith goes hand in hand with prayer. He says in this same book of Hebrews 11 verse 6 that he will reward those who diligently seek to But if you go to the book of Matthew chapter 6, I think verse 7, he says, enter your room, close the door. Your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you publicly. So you see that it is the same concept of praying in secret and getting rewarded publicly. Getting rewarded publicly. Don't tell me you are a woman of faith. Don't tell me you are a man of faith. But you don't pray. It's a proof. You don't believe. Because when you believe that there is a God who can hear me when I pray, you will go and pray. If you believe that prayer works, you will pray. But if you believe that, you see, that is walking by sight. I believe only what I do can work. I must work, then I will work. I only believe what I do. So you believe what you see. If I go and work, then I saw I do something is there. I'm not saying you shouldn't work. I'm not saying you shouldn't try this and that. But understand, there's a higher realm to that one. That controls that one better. Number five. They follow God, not glamour. They follow God, not glamour. You see, we are tuned to follow glamour. We are tuned to follow money. We are tuned to follow who gives the most, who pays the most, where it is better, where it is safer, where it is more richer, where it is more greener. We are tuned to behave that way. We go where we feel there is a better return. But a man of faith doesn't follow glamour. A man of faith follows the voice of God. Hebrews 11 verse 8, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham obeyed what he was called to go out to the place which he would be received as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. You leave everything that is security to go to uncertainty. Simply because you heard a voice. Simply because you heard a voice. If our people will stop chasing glamour, they will meet God. If our young people could stop chasing glamour, they will easily find the right person God has for them. But this chasing of glamour will end
mind you in gloom. May God forbid in the name of Jesus that you shall not end in gloom flowing glamour. May God help you tune yourself to his purposes. When I came to South Africa, my dream was to go to Australia. I planned it, I fixed it, I mean, nobody could talk me out of it. Yet that was never the will of God for my life. The will of God for my life was Lidak, Mukwase, Chaneng, Robeha, this, Mabela Pudi, this, this little thing here. And I was chasing glamour. Sydney, Melbourne, my God. But I thank God. He, he had mercy on me. And today I'm fulfilling the purpose of God for my life. Number six. They prefer to suffer than to compromise. They prefer a man. Look, you cannot suffer without compromise if you are not a man of faith. Because the question is what if it doesn't work? It takes faith to not compromise. It takes faith. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. It's by faith. It takes faith to say no to sin and yes to suffering. I think I sent a message not so long ago, suffering sexually. It takes faith to suffer. You cannot suffer sexually if you don't have faith. Just now somebody will say to you, you are growing old. I mean, how are you going to cope? God gave you these desires. Use them. Do something. God cannot give you something and it comes again to do it for you. It takes faith to suffer for Jesus. Takes faith. Because every time you ask yourself, what if I suffer like this and nobody marries me? Hey, what if what if what if what if I wait like this and I become I just become Mother Teresa, waiting, waiting, and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Ask your neighbor, are you Mother Teresa? I waited and waited and waited and I became Mother Teresa. I started serving the monastery. Brother, if it is the will of God for you, let me tell you something. Mother Teresa is known in the whole world today. All the other women that have been sleeping around, who knows them? Who knows them? Do you know them? Do you know their names? They were sleeping everywhere. Mother Teresa kept herself. Today we know Mother Teresa. There are books about Mother Teresa. May God give you a higher vision. Number seven, as I close. They are faithful tithers and givers. Brothers and sisters, without faith, you cannot pay your tithe. You can't. Next week, I'll be teaching you about faith more, but I'm just showing you today what a person that is a faith, a person of faith, what they do, how they behave. And it's not things that are, you know, you're already thinking about the start. No, no, no. Just around you. Just here, down here. Am I not reading the Bible to you? I'm reading the Bible to you. 
A man of faith is a tither. A woman of faith is a tither. Your, the fact that you struggle with your tithe is a proof you don't believe in God's provision. You don't believe that your God can supply all your needs. You believe that my work will supply all my needs according to my power and my salary. When you start believing that the provision for your life does not come from a salary, but it comes from heavenly banking, then you will start doing what God says you should do. Easily. You will not struggle with it. You will not struggle with it. But it's because... You believe that if you don't give, if you pay that tithe, you will suffer. That's how you believe that God is so wicked, God will not take care of you. You better take care of yourself. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. If you go to the book of Genesis, he gave the first fruit. The first fruit. Who taught him to give the first fruit? I have a feeling that God had come and had told them, I like first fruit. Then he decided that, ah, it is the first fruit. But what if there is no second fruit? But since God is asking for the first fruit, let me give it to you. It's faith that will lead you to give God that thing. It is faith. So Abel became a bit clever. I said, you know what? Let's test the waters first. And then let's, I'm going to first push some cabbage, and I push a bit of carrot. If it responds well to the carrot, maybe I can bring a crab. And if it responds well to the crab, I can bring a mouse. And I mean, I mean if we continue this one, well, now I may, maybe finally I can bring a real lamb. That is how some of you are with God. Let me give 10 rent and see if God can do something. I'll push a little bit of 20 rent and see if he does something. And if he keeps doing something good, maybe someday I can put 50 rent. And then maybe I can be maybe with 100 rent. And then I can consider the possibilities of maybe paying half my tithe. And then after some while, maybe pay the whole tithe. You are struggling, brother. You are struggling too much. And your life is finishing. And you are struggling. The last one for today. People who walk by faith are into soul winning. People who walk by faith are into soul winning. Deeply into soul winning. It takes faith to believe that there is hell. Even though you've never seen it. And to believe it enough to talk about it. Takes faith to believe there's a place called heaven. And that you're not going to sit and let your children go to hell. At your own watch. Because you don't believe in it. That your brothers in the family are going to hell. And you are going to church. No, it's because you don't believe. Because if you really believe. If you really believe in heaven. And you really believe in hell. You will never have peace as long as your family is going to hell. You will not have peace with it. You cannot relax while your family is on a fast track to hell for all eternity. I'm not saying for a week. I'm not saying for two weeks. I'm saying for all eternity. For all eternity. They will be burning in that place forever and ever. And you believe it today and you are not doing anything about it. Oh no, it shows that you don't believe in such things. People of faith are into soul winning. 
Hebrews 11 verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Things not yet seen. God just said there will be a flood, but he, can't, he hasn't seen the flood. He hasn't seen it, but God warned him, a flood is coming. It's not yet seen. 220 years before the flood came, but he was warned about it. The Bible says he moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. He prepared an ark. Are you preparing an ark? For the saving of your household? Oh, you are just building a nice house. I'm teaching you to build houses, but I'm also not teaching you to build an ark. Don't only build houses, build an ark. Build an ark. Build an ark. An ark is for salvation. That somebody will enter the ark and not go to hell. Somebody will enter the ark and escape the flood. Build an ark. You yourself become an ark. Become an ark. Ha! Whenever somebody comes in touch with you, he is saved by fire by force. Like, the, you are an ark. Tell your neighbor you are an ark. You are an ark. You are an ark. You are an ark. That's a revelation. Because we are a building. We are God's house, God's temple. And do you know what happened in God's temple? Prayer and salvation. You are an ark. How come so many unsaved people are around you and you are an ark? Build an ark. Make yourself an ark. Anyone that comes in touch with me must end up in heaven. Noah, being warned of things not yet seen, move with godly fear and build an ark for the saving of his household. If you are really warned about the story of the rich man and Lazarus, if that story meant anything to you and you really believed it as you say you did, that should lead you to certain actions because faith without action is dead. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Alive.